You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. And everybody, if you could take out your Bible, take out something to write with, something to write on, something to record, do whatever. Grab a phone so you can take some pictures of these slides. I think, I will just say I think, we're going to wrap up this particular section of this series this morning. I'm going to try to, time is it? Okay. I'm I'm going to briefly review what we've been talking about, but uh, I've got some new things to get into this morning. And so all I thank all of you, everybody who's been here, you know that right now we're talking about guidance from the Holy Spirit, which is one of his inward, inside ministries to us. And I really encourage you, if you've not been here, to go. It's so easy these days. It's too easy these days. Go and get the podcast or watch the archive of our services last few weeks. Get this teaching because we're laying a lot of foundation. You believers, including me, you believers need to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything we do. It's protective and it's how ministry happens. It's how anointed Holy Spirit carrying ministry happens is that we do what the Spirit of God is telling us to do. And in order to do what the Spirit of God is telling us to do, we got to know what the Spirit of God is telling us. Does that make sense? Is that too deep? we got to know what he's saying in order to do what he's saying. So I just really encourage you, get these. We're just, this this is just foundational stuff. So over the last couple of weeks, we covered three primary ways. We're going to look at some other ways this morning. Three primary ways that the Lord speaks to us. And the first one is through the written word of God. All right. And we've, we've covered that a couple of weeks ago, reviewed it last week. I don't want to spend the only thing I want to add or reemphasize to what we've already said is we know the written word. We need to be in the written word. It's God's word. All scripture is God breathed and it's useful to grow us up, to correct us, to change our course, to equip us for all kinds of ministry. It's God's word. We need to treat it like God's word. But we tend to think, when we talk about being led by the written word of God, we think of it, we just are, I think most of our Western minds go to uh, the idea, it's like a a guidebook or an instruction book. Okay, read the instruction and do it. That's fine. That's definitely part of it. When it says, do not murder, we can just decide, okay, I won't murder anybody. Okay, we can can go ahead. It says, don't have any other gods before me. Okay, Lord, help me with that because that can be sneaky. But no, I will not have any other gods before me. Don't steal. Okay, don't steal, right? So we can read and apply. That's good. But we do have something even more than that available to us. The word of God goes into our hearts. The Bible says, even in the Old Testament, the Lord said, he gave instructions to Israel. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, this isn't too difficult for you. Okay, this isn't too hard for you. The word is near you. It's in your heart and in your mouth, in your mouth and in your heart. 
so that you can do it. And that's repeated over in the book of Romans for us, that the word is near us. It's in our heart and it's in our mouth. And that whole process, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth mouth will speak. So whatever you're putting in your heart in abundance ends up being your conversation. And your conversation carries a whole lot more weight than we think it does. The things we speak in faith are actually going out there and creating a direction for us. So, so the word not only enlightens our path, it does that. It not only gives us instruction, but it transforms us so that we take a different path. We're just on a different path because we're different people. It also works within us uh, to we begin to believe other things and we begin to speak other things and pray other things and declare other things. And that essentially, I don't know a better way to say it, it creates the path that God wants for us. So this word is really important. And yes, it is the foundation of every type of guidance that the Lord has given us and the measurings. It's what we measure. It's the standard against what we me- how we measure prophecy or any other type of guidance that comes to us, it's got to fit with the word, period. The word is the foundation, okay? Secondly, we talked about being led by the inward witness. We covered that a couple of times. It's, it's the Holy Spirit witnessing together with our spirits, those impressions on the inside. It's not words. It's just an inward knowing, an inward sense of peace, or many times a red flag to say, We don't even have to understand it. We just know that's not the way to go or that is the way to go. And sometimes it makes sense logically and sometimes it doesn't. But learning, and we're going to see this more today, learning the inward witness, having the word of God and and being sensitive to those nudges of the Holy Spirit becomes a safeguard for you for every other form of guidance that will ever come into your life. I I think those two things together are so essential. They are the essential foundation to walking accurately with God. And then finally, we talked about being led by the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how what, what God speaks to us, one of the reasons we know it's God speaking to us is because it, it's these these thoughts, these words, a scripture many times, will just be interjected into our logical train of thought. It's not the result of our train of thought. Um, I believe we used these terms last week that some people describe it as as thoughts that light upon the heart. They, they just land on your heart. And the way I describe it, it feels to me, and again, this is what I feel, you may feel something entirely different. But to me, when the Lord speaks, it's like the words bubble up from the inside. And we've had this for years. You know, it's like, okay, th- this was a bubble, you know. And invariably, that has been the Lord speaking. You can learn to discern those bubbles, that lighting upon the heart, those words that come in. It's Again, it's not just your logical thought process. It's not one plus one equals two. It is, it is something that it, it's, like, it's like somebody spoke to you while you were thinking about something. You know, it's just like that. And so the two things I would say again today is don't get, don't get deceived because this happens in, in us. So it's really easy to think, oh, that was just me because it was in here, okay? 
And, and so we'll think, oh, that was just me. Oh, that was just me. Be careful about that. Don't dismiss the stuff that comes in, as long as it lines up with the Word of God, lines up with the nature of God. And I believe, I believe with everything we're talking about here, the Lord will train us. He does train us. He'll give us, he'll, some of us, takes me longer to trust. Honestly, mostly we have trouble trusting ourselves more than we have trouble trusting God. You know, uh, it's, it's was, was that God or was that me? I don't want to make a mistake. Okay, trust him in that area. Trust him to teach you to hear his voice and recognize his voice. He'll do it. And he can, he'll start you out on small stuff. You know, it's, it's not best to start out on the biggest life-changing decision that ever happens. It's important to learn to hear from him in all these ways before the biggest life-changing decision comes along. Use the peaceful times in your life well. Use those times to grow in this stuff and to learn to hear his voice. Let him just share small things with you and, and nudges with you, and he'll do it. He will absolutely do it. He'll, he'll teach you, and pretty soon you'll be much more comfortable with it. Secondly, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, a lot of people feel like if the Lord's going to speak to me, it's going to be Mount Sinai, okay? It's going to be the thundering voice that everybody just wanted to run from. You know, it's going to be lightning and thunder and smoke and, you know, all of that. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And in, in uh, what is it, 1 Kings? Yeah, 1 Kings 19. That's where, you know, it talked, well, I might as well read it. I do have it up here. 1 Kings 19, beginning in verse 11. Uh, the Lord said uh, to Elijah, go, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was that Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance to the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> so, and we won't go on about that. But, but the point was, many of us have been trained to look at natural circumstances to discern the voice of God. I believe that's one of, I'm not saying God never works in our circumstances, but he did not design us to be rats in a maze so that when we run into a wall, we turn and try and go a different way. And when we run into an opening, we just go that way, okay? He, he, I do not believe God just primarily, not saying he never will, I do not believe it's his primary means of guidance is to set up your circumstances. The devil can set up your circumstances. I've seen so many people get off track, either thinking, well, it can't be God because it wasn't this booming voice, or number two, it, you know, uh, the, well, here's, here's a big wind and the rocks got torn. That must be God. All right, here's this big circumstance that came up in my life. That must be God. God will speak to your heart. He'll use those three primary, the written word, the, the uh, inward witness, his inward voice are the primary ways that he speaks to us. All right, does that make sense? All right. So let's look at some other forms of guidance this morning. We'll just go through these. Uh, 
I'll see if I can irritate some of you. We'll go through these and then uh, look at a couple of sacred cow um, means of guidance and uh, or means of non-guidance. And I'll see how many of you I can make mad this morning. So, first of all, visions and dreams, okay? I, I only brought up a couple of examples, uh, really, because this is so prevalent throughout the Scripture. Um, and, and so as a basis, Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, let me read that to you. This is just a foundation. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters, everybody say, and your daughters, shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Now, where prophecy, prophecy is used sometimes of something very specific and sometimes it's broad. In the New Testament, prophecy, really throughout the Bible, but in the New Testament, prophecy speaks of any communication that we would do, something we would speak, that is coming immediately from the heart of God. God said it, we hear it, we release it. That's prophecy. It's not fortune-telling uh, it's it's not necessarily even declaring something about the future. I, I think probably in most cases, it's not declaring something about the future. It is God speaking through people. And then in the New Testament, tongues and interpretation is equated with prophecy. In the New Testament, anointed Holy Spirit uh, writing on uh, preaching and teaching is equated with prophecy. Uh, we have this. We have this opportunity. We we have we pray prophetic prayers when we're praying, and the Lord inspires something in us, and we declare those. Those are prophetic prayers. So so what we're talking about here is God is saying, "I will pour out my Spirit on men and women, and all of them will have this ability to speak from my heart." Okay. And without getting much farther into that, it's just this is the New Testament environment, okay? We have the, the privilege to hear from God and to, to speak out what he's saying to us, all right? And I just want to throw that in about prophecy. We can talk more about that later. But So with visions and dreams, we see in the Old Testament many cases where you know, Joseph had dreams that, that came true. People interpreted dreams, all these different things. People would receive dreams from God. Not everybody received dreams from God. Not every dream you have comes from God. I believe when you have a dream, I've only had a few that I knew were from the Lord. Some people have more. It just depends on how the Lord works in you. But when you have a dream that's from the Lord, number one, it'll line up with the word of God. It'll line up with the nature of Jesus right? It will bear witness in your heart, okay? All that foundation will be there, but the Lord will show you what that, what that dream is about. He will, you will know that you know that you know that that dream was from God, okay? And so we see in Matthew chapter 2, Joseph had a couple of different dreams uh, that led and guided him in, in taking the family to Egypt, bringing the family back from from Egypt, there were there were a number uh, of of dreams spoken of there. There are dreams spoken of again. I didn't pull out a lot of examples because it's all over. 
in the New Testament. But all I'm trying to say is God giving you a dream and interpreting that dream to you is uh, a method that he uses. It is not unusual. It is a method that he uses uh, to communicate with us. So just be aware of that. Um, Sometimes the Lord gives us visions. There are two kinds of visions. One of them is something that you see in your heart. You see it on the inside. And um, for me personally, I, I have that. A lot of times that's how the Lord will bring a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to me. I'll see an image first and then he'll talk to me about it and, and we'll use that and go into to ministry. But we see lots of cases where the Lord guided people through a vision that he gave them. So there are inward visions and there are what we call open visions, which are you looking and we may not see it, but you see the roof come off the building and you see into heaven. You know, John on the Isle of Patmos is a good, uh, he, he was caught up into that place. Paul talks about being in, for him, he was caught up into the third heaven. It was a vision that he had. And so all of those things are, are means through which God speaks to us. In Acts chapter 10, it's a, it talks about Peter, remember this, on the roof, and he was out there and he was hungry. And uh, he saw a vision of the Lord lowering a, a blanket or a sheet that had all these, what were then unclean animals, animals he couldn't eat. And, and God said to him, kill and eat. And Peter said, no, I'm not going to do that. I've never eaten an unclean animal. And the Lord, he did it three times, showed him kill and eat. And, and, he, and the Lord would say to him in that vision, don't say that something's unclean that I have declared clean, right? Well, the big picture, and, and the verses say there, the scripture tells us that through that, he declared all foods clean for, for us as we go forward in the New Testament. But also the big picture was, I'm about to send you to the Gentiles and I'm going to pour out my spirit on it. And if the Lord hadn't given him that vision, they would have rejected the idea of the Holy Spirit falling on Gentiles. And so right after that, the people from, that came from Cornelius's house came and said, would you come? And, and he did, and the Holy Spirit fell on him, and the Gentile church and experience was born. And so that all came because of a vision. And so he, he found leading through that. In Acts chapter 16, verse 9, it says, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man, so it was a vision in the night. Was it a dream? Was it a vision? I don't know. It says it was a vision. Uh, a man from Macedonia, Macedonia stood pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. All right. So it was, Paul was praying about his team, his ministry team. Where should we go? The Lord gave him a vision in the night or a dream. And, and he saw this person asking him to come and they determined that was the Lord leading them. So it was, so it was leading, right? It was guidance through these. So the main thing is, and this is true of every one of these, I will say this a hundred times, visions and dreams have to line up with the word of God or they're not from God. I don't care how vivid, I don't care if four angels appeared to you. I don't care. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's not God. If it doesn't line up with the nature of God, it's not God, okay? And so, but, and then, um, so here's a, here might be a sacred cow thing for some of you. We'll, we'll kick at it a little bit. So today, 
we have books out there that you can buy that interpret your dreams for you. They give you details about what any type of element you might see. If you see a bird, it means this. If you see grass, it means this. If you, you know, and, and so, and they go, you can look up what you saw. I've known several people. I've known, I've known several people who started down that road, had a big check in the spirit about it, backed off, fine. I've known other people that continued down that road and that's when they have a dream, they go right to the book. Every dream, write them down. It's a, it's a Christian marketing thing. It's a Christian marketing thing. And I'm not saying God never spoke to anybody that way either. God does all kinds of things that uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't ask me first, okay? But it's one of those things you can sell to people God may use it sometime, but I've never known, let me just give you my experience. I've never known a single person who has stayed in that place and gotten off in, into all of that and, and interpreting everyone else's dreams and all of that with those books that has not ended up deeply in the ditch, that has not ended up out of the body of Christ bitter, just big problems, okay? I've Maybe you do. I've never known anybody that did it. In the Bible, we see the Lord interpret people's dreams for them, okay? And I just caution you about that and where you stand on that, but there's a lot of stuff out there that just isn't, it just isn't, I don't believe it's God. I just don't believe it's God. So, so throw that out there. Hopefully made somebody mad with that one. That'll save us a little time. Okay, next, personal prophecy or general prophecy. Okay, prophecy, as we described earlier, it's a big deal in the New Testament. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. So we can both hear from God and speak what he's saying. Okay, and so we, uh, we many times, uh, somebody may come to us and they believe they've received a word from God for us. And that's legit. That's, that's you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Those things are should be normal Christian life for us. But what you need to realize is you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Okay? So the, the New Testament tells us specifically in 1 Corinthians 14 that believers are to judge prophecies. Okay, that didn't happen. It doesn't say judge prophets, by the way. In the Old Testament, if prophets didn't get it right, then they were false prophets. They were to be stoned. It was a big deal. Why? Because the average believer didn't have the Holy Spirit. They were just told obey the prophets. And God doesn't like innocent people getting hurt. But in the New Testament, every one of us have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And so if you hear a general prophecy, somebody stands up in, in the name of a prophet and gives a prophecy about the church or the world or, or you or whatever it is, you are instructed. Not only do you have the privilege, you're actually instructed to listen. What are we listening to? Well, we're listening to the Word of God has to line up with the word, has to line up with the nature of Jesus. Okay, we're getting those two. 
And it should bear witness with your spirit. It needs to bear witness with your spirit. That's what we're being told there. Judge prophecies. It doesn't say judge prophets. And just here's here's a current example or pretty current. Last, was that last fall? Was that mania last fall or the fall of 2020? Okay. Yeah, we're in 2022 now, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm catching up. Yeah. During the election, there were a lot of prophecies that went out that were not correct. They just weren't. Okay. And of there were a dozen or so uh, big name prophets that were bringing these prophecies about that election. As far as I know, one of them came back, and that was Chris Valentin, came back and said, you know what? I apologize. I missed God about this. In the Old Testament, prophets were judged. In the New Testament, prophets get to be forgiven. Okay? However, I know people, I know of ministries that have done that for decades. And nearly nothing that they bring out as prophecy is coming to pass or has come to pass. Okay, so do I judge them? No, but I also don't listen to them. I I don't. I don't take that into my heart. They're not the first place I go to. But if somebody comes out and they miss it, we all get to do that. We all get to say, you know what? I missed it. I'm really sorry. Forgive me. That's fine. But what for you and me, what I want you to understand is somebody comes to you with the word, God is, I, I, here's what I, I don't believe God says something to us for the first time. First time, we've never heard, we've never even thought about this, and somebody comes with a personal word about it. Okay, I've had that happen, and I just go, okay, thank you. And I bring it before God, and I put it on the shelf, and I go on. And I say, Lord, if that's you, I've never heard you say that at all. If that's you, then show me, you know, confirm it. Show me I'm open. But I think personal prophecy should confirm what the Lord's already birthing in your heart. What you're getting out of the word, the direction that you've heard. If it's brand new, if you've never... um, you know, I, I can think of a lot of examples. I've, I've known people that uh, heard some things one day and decided, decided we're called to Africa. Young family. Well, they didn't even have kids yet, did they? Young couple, very young in the Lord. And, and they were going to run off to Africa like the next week, you know, and they were barely born again because they heard something and, and they realized over time that wasn't the Lord. That's not our calling at all. And they found their calling and have done great. Their, their kids are wonderful. But I mean, I, I could tell you a lot of stories about you get to weigh things in your heart. Now, having said that, the scripture tells us that prophecy in the New Testament, which includes anointed preaching and teaching, is uh, for our edification, okay? Well, we as Americans like to think, that means encouragement, right? We like to think edification just means it makes me feel really good. I feel really happy about that. That's edification. It really means spiritual growth. It, it means it's not condemnation, It doesn't come with fear. It doesn't come with that kind of thing. But it very well might challenge you. 
but it shouldn't be the very first time you've heard something. So I've had people say, well, I just didn't receive that because it didn't edify me, meaning I didn't like it, okay? We can't go there either, all right? There are things the Lord will bring to us to grow us up that are going to be challenging. You know, they might remove something from our life. They might, but if it comes through prophecy or personal prophecy, it really should confirm what the Lord's already doing in your life. It does come in an edifying fashion. Again, it doesn't bring condemnation. It doesn't bring fear. It doesn't bring shame. It doesn't bring, why? Because those are not part of the nature of God. It's got to line up with who God is. We knew a couple years ago, back uh, long ago and far, far away, uh, in, in Durango when we were there, we were just at the point where we were getting ready to head back to Believer Center, and I was going, to work there and there was a little church there that was really off track for a number of reasons and and we knew that we visited a few times we weren't plugging in we were just a few weeks from leaving but at any rate we have some good friends uh who are still our friends um who were there and they were young believers and they were real new in anything to do with the holy spirit and they were there and we were there the one sunday morning i mean in this church uh, the pastor led worship, and then he'd walk up and down the aisle and criticize the way people worshiped. I mean, it was off track for a bunch of reasons. But at any rate, these friends went there, we were there. And and so he announced this one morning that he was having this prophet in. And when he announced that, we both had just a huge check in the spirit, right? Inward witness, don't go. And we didn't go. And uh, But our friends had us come over to their house a little while after that. And uh, they were, he had, this guy had spoken, supposedly God speaking, uh, to the wife, whose name was Becky, uh, said, over here, said over her, I'm really worried about you. This is God speaking. I'm really worried about you. I think you're going to have a nervous breakdown. And he prophesied, prophesied. All this stuff, spoke this stuff over. Well, she was scared. She was new. This is a prophet. My pastor brought him in, you know. And, uh, but they, you know, they had us come over and we were a little farther along than they were. And, and we just assured her that's it doesn't line up with the word. It doesn't line up with the nature of God. It doesn't bear witness with any of us. Just let it go. And I have people frequently that they'll hear different things or people prophesying different things about world situations and they're scared. They come and they're scared and it's like, yeah, but does listen to your heart. Does that bear witness? Again, it's not just a challenge. It doesn't bear witness. There's a big red flag. Set it aside. If you blow it, God will get you there, I believe. Okay, But be sensitive, be open to challenge But if it's that kind of stuff, that's not God speaking. Don't worry. Don't lose any sleep over that. Just let it go. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And all we can do is be really honest with ourselves and be open to, Lord, if you you have things to share with me and they're challenging to me, please do, because I trust you. You're a good God. Um, But those things have... Does that make sense to you? Okay. So um, let's, let's move on. Uh, so this is this is one that I don't have a lot to say to you about. Led by unusual coincidences, okay? I'm not as familiar with this, honestly. I believe that God does use this. 
I do not believe this is the same as reading your circumstances to determine what God is saying. The people that I know that I trust that have a great track record of walking with God, sometimes what the Lord will do is he might bring, these are just examples, he might bring up a number that appears in their life over and over and over. I had a guy just recently uh, talk to me about over quite a period in his life, the Lord brought up the number 414. And, and he, he told me the different ways that that number would come up. One time it was his bib number uh, when he was running a race and different things. And then he'd have a conversation with somebody or uh, certain things would happen. And, and what that ended up being over time was it was John 4.14. And, and so the Lord really ministered to him. There was a tragic event in his life. And the Lord used John 4.14 to minister to him. And he was here back when we were teaching at the beginning of this series. He was here. I didn't know any of this at the time. But he was here on the anniversary of the tragic event. And he was kind of struggling with it again. And I was teaching out of John 4.14. That was an unusual coincidence that the Lord was speaking through. Okay, so there might be a variety of ways. Again, it's not really something I'm as familiar with. I know God does do that, but that's different than just saying, oh, I lost my job, so it must be God's will that I go do something. You know, I mean, it's not the same as just looking at circumstance. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Does that make sense to you? So I think that anytime we're dealing with an outward circumstance, we have to be a little more careful. And one of the things is, when something like that comes up, and and for instance, with this guy, he didn't even know what it was, but every time that came up, he had a quickening on the inside, inward witness, all right, that pointed him, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, 414. So uh, take that for what it's worth. I believe God uses that sometimes. Next one, led by integrity. This is so cool. Proverbs 11.3. Are you getting anything out of this? Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. All right. Integrity is adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, honesty. There have been many times in our life where all we had to do, there'd be two paths in front of us. It wasn't like one was sin, you know, that's kind of obvious. One was sin, one wasn't. But one held more integrity. Take the path of integrity. Go where there's the most integrity. Honesty, transparency. Don't get involved with secrets with people. Don't get, I'm not saying there are certain things that are private, that you may be involved in somebody's life and you're praying for them and they have something and it's private and it needs to be kept private. We don't need to put everything we've ever said or done out on the internet for everybody to see. That's, but anyway, but, so, but, but it's a different thing when somebody asks you to keep a secret about something. Jesus said, the things that are said in secret are going to be shouted from the rooftops. Just settle in your heart. This is some of the best advice I ever received in my life from another pastor. Settle in your heart. There is no such thing as a secret. There isn't. It will come to light. Don't keep secrets. 
And you know what I mean by secret. I'm not talking about some things being private. That's different. But when we're trying to cover something, we, I've had people come to me for counsel and, and, well, I want to do this, but, you know, don't tell anybody. Or, or I've had people come and say, well, I'm having an affair, but don't tell my wife. It's like, no, I'm not going there with you. You have this many days to tell your wife or I will, okay? I didn't get much counseling with them. But, <laughs> but I'm not going there with people. I'm not going to hide that's no good. It'll get opened up. But anyway, so integrity has more to do with what's the most honest way to do this? What's the most transparent way to do this? Bible says that's a form of guidance for us. It's a really, it'll keep us out of so much trouble. It makes life so much easier. So it comes down to do the next right thing. You know, just do the next right thing. I don't know where all it's going, but I know that's the next right thing. That's the path. Take it. Okay, does that make sense? Led by the peace in your heart. We've talked about that a lot. I'm not going to hit it again this morning. I have enough time left to irritate a couple of you with this. So here's here are two sacred cows. I believe these are sacred cow. What do I mean by that? It means people have built them up uh, as, as an idol and uh, we're going to kick them over. So one of the things that a lot of believers believe, okay, is, is about being led by opening and closing doors, okay? You may believe that. Let me talk to you about it. Opening and closing doors. Does God open and close doors? Yeah, he does. And when he opens them, nobody can shut them, right? When he closes them, nobody can open them, okay? We're, we're all agreed on that. God does that. I don't believe that's a form of guidance. Here's what I mean by that. Paul and his team prayed... And in the, one, in the one place we saw that he received a vision, they received other forms of guidance, and they took these missionary trips and they went where the Lord was leading them to go. So one of the main places that we get this little doctrine from is Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, where he's asking, he's writing to the church at Colossae, and he's saying, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. He said, pray that God opens a door for the message. That means creates an open opportunity to do what he already led me to do. It doesn't mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in life. And so... If a, if a door opens, what does that mean? It means an opportunity comes up. That's circumstantial. Suddenly there's an opportunity. Well, I'm just going to go through that door. Think with me. If you wanted to go farther down to, the, to, to uh, tributary, okay, to get coffee, and you left from here, and you just, okay, here's how I'm going to get to tributary. I'm going to go through every open door I see. If there's an open door, I'm going through it. If it's closed, I won't go in. Well, what if tributary's door is closed and in the first place? But if you go through every open door, you will not get where you're going. You have to have a destination in mind. And Paul did. They heard from God about where to go. The prayer was, we need an open opportunity to do what God has already led us to do. You should think that's splitting hairs. I don't. Because otherwise... You are living like a rat in a maze. You are going through every opening. Some of them go somewhere. 
Some of them don't. It's circumstantial. You have something better than that available to you. And yes, we do pray those things, but I've seen, I've seen so many people that just, oh, well, you know, they, they're looking for this. They pray, God, just show us an open door, not God, what are we supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Just show us an open door. Well, that must be where I'm supposed to go. The devil can open doors too. The devil can create opportunities for you too. So to me, this is a sacred cow belief that a lot of people hold on to. And every time I preach this, I make a few people mad. So if, if I'm stepping on toes, maybe they need to be stepped on. You can take it up with the Lord. But I, I think it's a really poor way, considering what God has given us, uh, to be led. Again, Paul wasn't looking for guidance. He was just looking for opportunity to do what he'd already been shown. Here's the other side of that. <clears throat> Sometimes the Lord sends you to do something, calls you, guides you to do something, to go someplace, change something, and there's a closed door. That door, many times, needs to be kicked down in prayer. You don't turn away because the opportunity isn't there. You pray it through. You pray for breakthrough. A lot of times, doors need to be kicked down, okay, because it is where God told you to go, okay? Everybody love me still? Okay, let's do another one. This is this is one of everybody's favorite fleeces, okay? Fleeces comes from the book of Judges, right? Gideon received God's promise to deliver Israel. How did he receive that? God spoke to him, okay? Received the promise. Then Gideon went and he said, "Okay, Lord, and it even reads this way. It says, for me to know that you're going to keep your promise. Okay, that was, and I'll explain it. That was okay for Gideon. Gideon's an Old Testament believer. Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. Gideon, Gideon, giddy up. Uh, Gideon didn't, wasn't born again. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the written word. He didn't have any of that. It was okay for Gideon. It's not okay for us. Gideon said, I'm going to put this sheepskin down, this fleece, and Lord, if you know, put dew on it and nowhere else, and then I'll know you're going to keep your promise. That language should bother us. You know, it's okay for Gideon. I'm not, I'm not criticizing Gideon. That's not a New Testament idea. And God did it. That's very cool. That's the grace and mercy of God. God did it. He wrung a bunch of water out of that fleece. And then he did it again. And he said, okay, Lord, so now I'm going to put the fleece down make do everywhere else and leave the fleece dry. And God did it. And Gideon went and did his thing. Awesome. But I see this a lot. I see this a lot with people. And a lot of times we don't realize it. And we're saying, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying, or I see your promise. If you make this happen, then I'll know it's you. Okay. Again, I'm not saying God won't wink at that sometimes. If that's where your faith is, I think he might. I'm just saying, let's, let's grow up above that. Let's start believing to know his voice and to know that inward witness and to know what he's saying on the inside so that we're not asking him because the problem with that is it becomes physical and circumstantial. And the devil can mess with circumstances. People's choices mess with circumstances. There are lots of things that can look like Oh boy, see, God did what I asked him to do. 
and it not be God. And I've seen a lot of people get really hurt going into businesses and making all kinds of, well, if, if this happens and then, you know, it, it looks to them like it happened. Okay. Oh man, I've got one more thing I got to talk to you about. You got another minute? I don't have time to cover this, but let me just throw it out. <clears throat> so, and I think this applies to some of those situations. I guess I even made a slide about this, maybe. Um, oh, I have a whole bunch more to talk to you about. We won't cover all that. No, we won't. Sorry. I've, we've already covered all those. Let me just say this one thing. Hmm? <laughs> she found a problem. Yeah, Holy Spirit leads, the devil pushes. That's a big one. If it, if it comes and it says, well, if you don't make this decision in the next 24 hours, you're going to lose this forever. That's never God. God will actually give you lead time. But that's not the one I want to talk about. I want to talk to you about approaching God with what the Bible calls an idol in the heart. Okay? What that means is we have some huge emotional attachment to something. We want something to happen so bad. That's and but we're approaching God. We just want a confirmation that that's. I, I want to be married. God, is this the guy? Tell me this is the guy. Okay, uh, I you know we've seen this and it's very sad with people that want to have a baby so bad. We've seen people that wanted to be married so bad. Their their perception, an idol in the heart, looks like my life will be okay if this happens and otherwise it won't. That is driving my prayer life. It's driving my desires. It's driving seeking God. And what happens, and it tells us this over in Ezekiel, these people came and and the Lord told Ezekiel, they have idols in their hearts and they're going to get an answer according to the idols in their hearts. We've seen people with a legitimate prophetic gift, but not a lot of experience, stand up and prophesy to people in a congregation that we knew they didn't know. We knew that their whole passion, their whole life was wrapped around being married. And they were making big mistakes because they weren't listening to God. They just wanted to be married. And and somebody would stand up. And I think what happens is they kind of read that passion on the inside and they'd prophesy to them, you're going to be married by June, you know. And then either they'd blow it and go with some nut job and get married, or they wouldn't be married by June. They'd be mad at God. We really have to be careful in seeking God about, you know, God gives us desires, but that's the whole point. Pursue him and he'll author the desires of your heart. We've got to be really open with God to changing the desires of our heart and not let anything else become the substance of our life, the only thing where we will feel worthy, where we'll feel loved, where we'll feel um, successful, you know, whatever it might be, this has to happen. That's a dangerous place to go. It's an idol in the heart. And it will mess with this whole aspect that we're talking about. I, I really need a whole morning to talk about that. Maybe we'll do it sometime. We better shut up and stand up this morning. Did you get anything out of this? All right. Thank you, Lord. Boy, there's a lot to say about that. But we just, man, it's so important. And we just need to grow little by little. Just little by little, we all grow. Father, we started this whole thing out saying how faithful you are, Jesus. You said, my sheep hear my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. 
And Lord, we take you at that word. We believe you designed us with the ability to hear from you. You designed us with the ability to interact with you on that level. And Lord, we know we all make mistakes. We know we're all learning and growing, but we trust you in this to help us be more sensitive to what is you and what is not. Help us to stay on course. We want to fulfill your will and purpose for our lives. And so, Lord, help us to stay on course. Help us to hear more accurately so that we can speak more accurately to the people in our world. We can bring your words filled with your life to others as well as living in them ourselves. We just thank you for all of that, Lord. And I pray that everything we've talked about, Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, I know you will, just highlight the things in each of us that you are trying to impart. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at you standing over there. Very cool. Uh, He's got a brand new ankle. And maybe there's no metal left in there after our prayer this morning. You'll have to see. Anyway, all right. Good to see everybody. Go home and take a nap. Let's say this on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the goddess of basin and the world. Uh, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Man, go out and be the church. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.